The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. Welcome to The Exchange. I'm Liam Proud from Reuters Breaking Views. 50 years ago this July, NASA astronauts Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins became the first people to step foot on the moon. Today's space race, however, is playing out mostly in private hands, with companies like OneWeb and billionaires Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk hoping to blast hundreds of satellites into orbit to provide global internet coverage. Why are they doing this, and who's going to win? I sat down with Adrian Steckel, the CEO of OneWeb. His company has raised over $3.4 billion from the likes of SoftBank, and its brand new internet service is approaching its launch date. So Adrian, thanks for joining us today. Could you start off on a nice high level for our listeners? Just tell us what OneWeb does and why we should care about the business. Sure. So um, OneWeb is launching a global satellite service with low Earth orbiting satellites uh, to give broadband internet everywhere. Uh, So everywhere on planet Earth, uh, you will be able to get a OneWeb signal uh, and have uh, fast and speedy internet, uh, different than the type of internet service you get today from a, a geosatellite. So anywhere, you mean in the middle of the Antarctic, in the middle of the Sahara Desert, we're talking totally indiscriminate internet coverage. Uh, that's correct. So there, there, there are two exceptions. Uh, that Right now, we are working on uh, getting uh, a solution for providing internet coverage of Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there also might be an issue with a certain part of the South Pacific where we don't have coverage. Right. And what's, what's difficult about providing coverage to these areas in the kind of more traditional way? You know, we're used to using telecommunications companies, the you know, BTs and Vodafones that we're all aware of. Well, so, so I've been concentrated uh, personally in, on connectivity issues in the developing world for the last 20 years. And so it used to be uh, voice connectivity, uh, and then became data connectivity, and then fiber connectivity. Uh, and, you know, when you do terrestrial connectivity, it requires base stations and fiber and microwaves. Um, and there are all sorts of situations where you will never put a base station, a tower, uh, in the middle of the ocean, for instance, or uh, at the pole, or in the middle of the desert, or on the, or on the steps. Because uh, uh, it's not cost-effective to do so? Well, it's, it's not just a matter of cost-effective. It's just Sometimes it's just physically impossible. Right. Uh, and so we, 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 when you look at the Earth, there, there are about 8 billion people and it, roughly uh, about f- half of them don't have broadband access to broadband internet. And so, you know, one of the things that, that we're focused on is 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 providing broadband internet uh, everywhere. And and of course, you know, it's a long-term mission. And, and the fact is, we'll be broadcasting broadband internet everywhere. But uh, you know, we we think that there's a, a challenge for the industry of of growing its scale uh, and 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 really uh, reaching its potential. And so we think about millions of people being on the system. Uh, and, and, and there's a virtuous cycle uh, that happens when you have volume, prices come down, prices come down, you get more volume. And that's what we witnessed, all of us witnessed, uh, with the revolution of, of mobile phones and mobile yeah. internet. And so where are you at the moment? I mean, you're hoping to uh, have global coverage in the next couple of years, is that right? So we, we launched our first six satellites in, in February. So there, there are a lot of different components that make this uh, this a big challenge, right? Which yeah. is, uh, instead of having some satellites, uh, one or two or five or ten, uh, our initial deployment for global coverage uh, is going to be 648 satellites. Wow. So we 588 operating satellites, and then we'll have uh, 60 satellites that are up in the sky 
as replacements in case there, there are any problems with any, any of the satellites. So there's be 12 planes of 49 satellites, and they're orbiting the Earth at roughly 16,000 miles per hour. So they go around the Earth in about, I think, about 110 minutes. Wow. Uh, and so they, they go around the Earth roughly once every two hours. Um, and they're going north to south. Uh, so when you have to put that many satellites up in the space, then you need to, one, concentrate on getting the cost of the satellites down yeah. uh, so that it becomes economical, and two, you have to launch all those satellites, then you have to control all those satellites. Mm -hmm. uh, that initial deployment is for coverage, uh, and then, like any other mobile system uh, that people are familiar with, uh, we will be adding in capacity. So as we have more users, uh, there will be more necessities for more capacity. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, and I think most people have used this, is at the beginning, uh, their phone was very rapid, and as more people came onto the system, right. their phone got slower, and everybody's phone got slower. So yeah. we're very conscious of that, and, and there's, a, there's a great need to add uh, capacity onto the system. Um, but your, my understanding is that you're not the only company that's trying to you know, fly a load of satellites into low Earth orbit and, and do this kind of business of global connectivity. I mean, how, how do you think about the competition here? Because there's some big names, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, that get thrown around, and those guys are pretty rich. Uh, and they and, and they and they uh, well they're they're certainly wealthier than I am, um, <laughs> but what I say is a, is, a, is a few things. One is that uh, the the person that really uh, began uh, this movement of low Earth orbiting satellites is is our, is our founder Greg Weiler, uh, and and at one point we were going to be a, a partner with SpaceX. Uh, SpaceX being Elon Musk's company. That's say. correct. Yeah. Um, and and I, I wasn't around, but the. Every, different paths were taken. Yeah. Um, listen, there's a big opportunity here. And, and I think the first thing is I think competition is good because it keeps you on your toes. Uh, two, it, it, it makes organizations strive more. Um, it's a big market. Uh, and when you think about uh, a telecoms market in any country, uh, there's a notion that uh, three or four players is sort of the right amount of players in the market for there to be competitive tension uh, and, and better prices for consumers. And if the you number think, of players in the U.S. telecoms market, for example, most most countries have three or four. That's correct. Yeah. The, same, the same, and if you get more than that, it becomes unhealthy yeah. because you need a certain amount of scale. Here, the great thing about this business is that we're deploying on a global basis. I mean, yeah. we'll be operating uh, in 180 countries uh, as will our competitors. Um, I, I think that the, that uh, there is a great future for low Earth orbiting satellites. I think it's a game changer. It opens it opens up new use cases. I think the satellite industry in general uh, is a small percentage of the global telecoms market. It's, it's, the industry as a whole is about 18 or 19 billion dollars in revenue. Right. It pales in comparison to the hundreds of billions of dollars of revenues yeah. uh, in, in telecommunications. Um, but, the, you know, and, but that industry up to now has not been growing. In fact, it's, mm. it's been declining slightly. You mean the satellite industry? The satellite right? industry has been declining because the, the, the use cases for satellite, for geosatellites, are limited. Uh, you're always pointing to the equator, um, and the latency is very high, yeah. and the capacity is low, and, and the business model of satellites has been, you know, there used to be renting transponders, it was about video distribution, uh, and so you have a lot of, if you want to think about it in this term, you have a lot of base stations in the sky that are not modern, that are, in, that are legacy infrastructure, and that are not suited to providing you know, internet to an individual or an organization. And so how much is it going to cost to fly all these satellites into space? And how can you be sure that after the fact you'll be able to make up enough revenue back to, to make it worthwhile? 
So our, our, uh, our system, um, we're not being particularly public with the, the total cost of the system, sure. but, but we are being public with what we have spent so far, which is a, upwards of $3.4 billion is the amount of money that we've money. raised and almost spent all of that. Uh, and so we're continuously raising money. Yeah. Uh, we will be in service in two years. Uh, and, and our sense is that we don't need that many users mm -hmm. uh, paying that much uh, to be a very profitable enterprise. It's a very much of a fixed cost business. Mm -hmm. uh, the, you, the, the so you fly them up there and then once they're up there, they're up there. And yes, they, yeah. they, they, there's no tower rent. Uh, there's no electrical bill uh, for the satellites. Mm. Um, and, and there's a great need for connectivity. Yeah. Uh, our sense is that there are about 2 million schools around the world that are not connected. So I mean, that, that as, a, as a fundamental uh, mission, uh, we think that we, you know, we should focus on connecting mm. schools because that means that the lack of connectivity is something that yeah. persists in somebody's life and gives them a, a disadvantage. Yeah. Um, and, and that means working with government. Uh, and so we, our founders working with uh, with the UN, with the, broad camp, uh, the Broadband Commission. Um, li listen, I mean, the, we also have to build a viable uh, business. And, uh, uh, and so we're also focused on all the use cases where uh, people are frustrated about poor connectivity. Yeah. So we think there's a, there's, a, there's a tremendous opportunity for growth. And I think if you, if you forget about timing for a second, and, and whether it's two years or five years, but you think over the fullness of time, maybe it's 10 or 15 years, mm -hmm. people say, wow, I, I, you know, how could it be that before uh, we didn't get our connectivity from space? Got it. And so, so you've spent, you've raised about 3.4 billion, and there's what 60 satellites up there. I mean, would it is is it fair to then guess that you need at least that much again to get up to the whatever it is, 600? No, 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 no. no. We, we we don't need that much. You've again. done the heavy lifting We've in terms more, of yes. building the factories and getting all the staff and the technology developed. So, so we, so there, it's a fixed cost business. There are a lot of startup costs. Uh, yeah. We did set up a factory. We opened up opened that up on July 22nd, the inauguration. Yeah. Uh, we're producing essentially a satellite a day right now. Right. Uh, we can get beyond that. Uh, to yeah. two satellites a day or more, uh, if need be. Presumably they get cheaper to make the more you've made and the better you get at making them. Exactly. So, I mean, one of the things is it used to be that a geo satellite would be costing you about $250 million. Our satellites uh, cost us roughly a million dollars, and we were working to get that cost down. So there's an industrialization uh, of the process. I mean, we're trying to make these things on an assembly line, essentially. Um, the other thing is, is that uh, technology advances, and so we're... Uh, going to deploy more advanced technology in our next generation, which will be more efficient and give us get uh, yeah. give more internet at better prices, uh, and there'll be that steady advance by us and by the competitors, and so and so it'll be sort of a step function. Somebody will have a new widget, and yeah. the new widget is better, uh, and then the other guy will catch up, and so there's this sort of unending race. Okay. Um, but but fundamentally, we have an advantage of physics uh, versus the the, the typical uh, geo satellite. Uh, because we're closer to the Earth, yeah. uh, which means that there's lower latency. How close are you relative there? About 30,000 feet We're, we're at 1,200 kilometers, yeah. uh, and they're at 36,000 kilometers. Wow. Uh, and then the other part is that uh, they are stationary at the equator, uh, whereas to use our service, all you have to do is look up, and that allows us to have a different type of antenna uh, that you can put on the top of your car, that you can put on the top of your roof, uh, you can put on a plane, uh, and so these antennas open up new use cases. Because if you have to always be looking at the equator, uh, one, there's a problem with northern latitudes, and two, there's a problem with uh, mobility, mm. and three, there's a problem with uh, things like trees and 
yeah. and mountains getting in the way. Mountains quite hard to move famously. Exactly. And could you talk a little bit about some of the ways in which we might end up using this in the next few years? I mean, you mentioned connecting schools, you talked about putting stuff on a car. I mean, how do you envisage this working? What, I, I, the way I envision this working is that you will have access to the internet with an antenna that is flat, that is lightweight. Uh, and how, that, how big? About the size of a dinner plate? Bigger? Uh, it'll be about a, a sort of a, a platter that you, okay. you a waiter uses at a restaurant. Right. Um, so it'll be about 12 inches. Yeah. Uh, we can make them smaller, but they become less efficient. Uh, they'll be thin, uh, relatively lightweight, uh, but, but essentially you'll have access to the internet everywhere. Uh, and if you wanted to go on vacation get away from the internet, that probably won't be possible anymore. Uh, but you will you have internet on the, all the oceans, all the mountains, yeah. all the deserts, uh, in rural America, in rural Europe, in rural Africa, uh, everywhere. And so that the, you know, you know, what this does, it really means that distance gets abolished, right? And, yeah. and the notion of being in an urban center versus a rural center uh, goes away. So it kind of evens out all of the connectivity inequalities that you have at the moment where you know famously it's much better internet you know in the square mile around where we are than it would be up if you're up in the scottish highlands or something and that has to do with the economics of of running fiber yeah uh, and fiber is is the best way to connect to the internet uh, on the other hand it's 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 a it's a physical thing that needs to be laid or yeah. hung uh, to get there uh, and if you're the and it also costs a lot to maintain. Yeah. Um, the other thing is we, we do live in a world that has a lot of, uh, of climate change, no matter yeah. uh, which political party you're in. And, and we can see, uh, we don't have to discuss the causes of that climate change, uh, but, but uh, you know, connectivity from the sky that is unaffected by uh, wind or water uh, makes a difference when you're trying to recover from a hurricane. Right. Um, so you, you're going to have about, what, 600 or so of these satellites up there. There's this ongoing problem that, you know, I'm no space expert, but even I'm aware of this idea of space debris, stuff floating around. I mean, how, how do you think about managing this, given that you're going to have a load of satellites up there? There's, you know, loads of stuff presumably just, you know, floating around up there, which is kind of problematic. I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you regulate this? Well, it's a good question. There, there, particularly, there isn't a cop, right? This is right. Uh, uh, to do that, or you'd say here a police officer, I suppose. <laughs> who, who do you call? Yeah, um, no one. But but I think the, the 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 UK, for instance, is very stringent in terms of the uh, of the regulations for allowing launch, um, and, and I think that there's the, the need for uh, broad consensus and right. and and rules. Uh, the question is is how do you implement something for safety? Uh, at the same time as not stifling innovation. And, and, and so there is that, uh, that tension. Uh, I'll, I'll give you very much a, a simple example that, that I use and I can understand. Yeah. Um, if, you are, I, if you and I uh, were to get in a traffic accident on the square there yeah. at the corner, um, you know, we're going at 20 miles an hour, yeah. uh, you were distracted, it's all your fault, and, and, <laughs> our, and our gar- cars got banged up, um, you know, we'd get out of the cars, and I'd ask you for your insurance, mm-hmm. you, and you'd give me the information, or you'd tell me that it was all my fault. In any case, a tow truck would show up and take the cars away, and there'd be no impact, really, yeah. at the street. Maybe there was a broken mirror. Yeah, okay. if you're unlucky. But the next day, you wouldn't know that anything But nobody happened. would care. Yeah. In the case of two satellites colliding, uh, they might be colliding at 16,000 miles an hour each, um, and it would create a, a lot of 
space debris, mm. and that space debris would, would then expand and go other places yeah. uh, and, and cause problems and, be, and, and do so in, in sort of very hard to calculate ways. So it's, it becomes quite chaotic and kind of nonlinear, the amount of damage that can be done, right? It's, it, it's, it's like somebody sort of spreading moving shards of glass right. uh, at the beach, right? And you're trying to walk on the beach. <laughs> I love the image. <laughs> right? well, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's uh, dangerous. And, and the problem is, is that space debris that is a centimeter yeah. that's going really fast uh, can't harm another satellite. So the way that we look at our spectrum, the way that we look at space is that it is a shared resource and that we all have to care for it. And we don't want to be in a situation of cleaning it up afterwards. Yeah. So it really is a matter of, of the actors uh, being very responsible, uh, and, and it's not a it's not a minor issue. How does how does that affect the economics of your business? You can imagine a kind of catastrophic scenario where some irresponsible player launches a satellite that falls apart, ends up taking out. There's a chain reaction. In ten years' time, half of your fleet gets wiped out. Would you, would you need to take out insurance on that, or do you need to? I mean, how would that work? There's no claims process, presumably, to get money back off that, you know, rogue satellite launcher that's taken out the whole. Well, so 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 first of all, I mean, the, the the people who launch satellites have to get a license from a from a country to do so. So it's important that each country uh, plays its role. Um, and the, the odds of something the odds too. of something happening are low, uh, and then there are all sorts of processes that are put in place uh, to avoid collisions. Um, my point is we have to be very vigilant and we also have to work on taking the satellites down uh, and deorbiting them and making sure that when they deorbit uh, that they disintegrate upon uh, entry. Yep. Um, so, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of care that needs to be um, uh, taken uh, and, and process and consistency um, and, and it's not an easy issue and I think it'll take lots of people getting together uh, and, and mapping this out. Got it. I don't have the, I don't think there is an easy answer. Yeah. Um, so just final quick question. What's your, what's next for you guys? I mean, what's the kind of next big milestone that you've, you've got coming up that, that you think we should know about? So, so we brought our spectrum into use, which yeah. is we have the first priority spectrum. So we have the, we realize the spectrum used by the, the geo satellites. Mm-hmm. We have the first priority of that in the, in the KU band. Uh, and our next a big milestone is we start launching on a monthly basis starting December. Right. Uh, and so next year we're looking at doing 12 launches, mm-hmm. uh, but we may go higher than that. We may do 14 or 15. What does it depend on how, how well those launches go? Well, no, it's just a matter of, of, of producing the satellites right. at a rhythm. Uh, and uh, our, our launch provider, our NSPAS, has already told us that they can do 12 or more. Uh, and uh, we're, we're happy to look at doing more if we can. Do you need to raise more money at some point in the near future? We constantly <laughs> raise money, but the moment we turn on our system, we, we start producing cash flow. Great. Thanks very much for your time, Adrian. Liam, a pleasure. Thank you very much. That's all for this week. Thanks, as always, to the fantastic Freddie Joyner for producing this podcast, and to you, dear listener, for lending us your ears. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you satisfy your audio cravings for The Exchange, Fuseroom, or other Reuters podcasts. You can also check us out at breakingviews.com, Reuters.com, and on Twitter at Breaking Views.